Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. And we used to have a uh, contest. Guys, that you know, they got a $100 uh, gift certificate if they found uh, a Thielen-type guy. Uh, but if you brought in the worst guy, then uh, you got a T-shirt that you had to wear the week after in uh, <laughs> identifying how bad of a selection you made during that time. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I never do that. It is a Monster Monday presented, of course, by DraftKings. I forgot in the Greg Cosell episode on Thursday to announce our winners for last week. I'll do that at the end of today's show. It's a Monday, which means we already have the College Draft Podcast. We're talking about essentially every draft choice with Emory Hunt, starting with the NFC East today. Most most other podcasts, they don't do that. Like We spend so much time on these guys. Why not talk about them? The tw- second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round. And Emory even knows some of the best undrafted college free agents, which is fantastic. We Speaking of fantastic, how about longtime NFL general manager Rick Spielman? I'm not even going to mess around because I've got so many thoughts for Rick, specifically as it relates to these rookie mini camps going on this past weekend and next weekend. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. As promised, we are joined by the former GM of the Minnesota Vikings, Rick Spielman. Make sure you check out all of his stuff over at the 33rd team. They have unparalleled NFL insight for fans, fantasy players, and betters. Unmatched roster of NFL experienced contributors, including executives like Rick, head coaches, players. Visit the 33rdteam.com this week. All right. Rick, I want to ask you about these rookie minicamps. So we had some this past weekend. We'll have some this upcoming weekend. Um, Talk to me as a GM about your feelings for those first rookie minicamps. Like how much of it is excitement and how much of it's like, is there anxiety? Like, man, I hope, uh, I hope these guys all look good. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's kind of, I always looked at it like, uh, a holiday where you get to open up your 
finally open up your Christmas gifts and see them run around. The thing that has changed back, uh, we used to have what we called a, a rookie mini camp plus. So we had about 60 guys in there and we actually invited about, you know, you had your draft class, you had your free agents that you signed, your college free agents that you signed, but we invited about 40 other players that did not get signed after the draft. So we actually had a full scale, two deep uh, practices with where we went through seven on sevens. We went through some team period and we were trying to use that as a tool to uh, find some guys. And we found Adam Thielen that way. Uh, we found CJ Ham that way. who's a starting fullback. Uh, we found Marcus Sherrills who ended up being a uh, really good punt returner for us. So we try to still continue to find guys that maybe slip through the cracks. What's different nowadays, and you have to be uh, conscientious of, is a lot of these draft picks especially come in and look at how many top 30 visits they've been on. And how are they Are they in football shape? I mean, we had guys that would come in 10, 11 visits, and then the coaches get all excited because they want to go. We get the coach again finally on the field. Uh, but there was a lot of soft tissue injury. So you got to kind of balance uh, both worlds, if you if you can. That's really interesting. Um, you know, back in my day, I always feel so old saying it, Rick. But like 2001, there was no rookie minicamp. The the no. minicamp the weekend after the draft, I got there to take my physical, and I was looking around, and it was like Jeff George, Big Daddy Wilkinson, Bruce yeah. Smith, Daryl Green. <laughs> I was like, holy crap! Like, these are all the guys I've been playing in Madden with. Um, but at, at some point, Rick, it felt like half the team just did rookie mini camps. Half the teams did full squad. Now I think everybody just does a rookie mini camp either the first weekend after the draft or two weekends after. I think it's pretty much 100% rookie mini camps, right? Yeah, and why that has changed is because a lot of them will come in and, and then start into the offseason program after that. But you can have that three days to get them uh, cut up the speed on how you line up in a huddle, uh, start in, implementing the playbook and installing offensive defensive schemes. So it's become more of a teaching session and to get them, you know, into the off season program, down in the weight room, start doing the conditioning to kind of see where they're at and then slowly put them into your, your OTAs with the uh, veterans because the veterans nowadays are not allowed to compete or practice or even be out on the field in the rookie mini camps. Uh, but there are some veterans that aren't signed that may show up and you may want to try to try to put them in there. So yeah, it's changed. Definitely. I remember when I came out and I was nowhere as good as my brother, Chris, uh, my first rookie mini camp, that's all you had was a three day mini camp. Then the vets went back home. There were no OTAs. And uh, my first back in, they didn't have Madden back then. So first guy I lined up, against was uh kellen winslow when i was a linebacker <laughs> and i like i didn't know whether to cover him or to ask him for his autograph or how does this work and then the first snap in one-on-one drills i got spun around like a top and i said yeah well, probably the front office may be the best route for me to go after that experience so rick i played right guard at princeton oh, i know who you are <laughs> yeah yeah no but then i get to i get to uh washington for my first mini camp and they had me at right tackle and I was with the twos because some other kid failed his physical or something. 
So my first one-on-ones, I'm at tackle after playing, starting three years in the Ivy League at guard, and I'm against LeVar Arrington, who still to this day might be the biggest freak show I've ever seen. I mean, I, I was so worried about his speed that I kicked out so fast, he beat me clean inside. I didn't lay a hand on him because I was so worried. about Because I'm from Pennsylvania, so I knew how fast he was. I saw him have like 90-yard punt returns in high school. So I was like, oh, crap. Um, uh, I will say this, though, by the way. Uh, lots of things are better this time of year. Playoff hockey, playoff hoops. If you want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All right, Rick, how soon do you feel like you had a pretty good idea of whether or not a kid had a chance or not or whether or not one of your draft picks was good or not? Because I've heard the stories over the years of position coaches telling front office guys, listen, I, I know you took him in the third round, but this kid doesn't have it. I, I guess I'm curious, like, when did you um, start to feel like you had a pretty good feel for it, either positively or negatively? I think after you get through the OTAs now, because the coaches are with them down in the meetings. But uh, one of the things that I thought was very important, so you don't have that type of conversation is that when we selected a player, the coaches were heavily involved in the process because I wanted them vested in that player as well. So rarely, you know, even when we went through the interview process and I didn't want a coach come up to me and say, well, this player can't learn our system. And I says, well, I have it documented here because we just went through the draft meetings. You met with him on Zoom. We met with him at the combine. You told me that he was fine and would be able to learn the system. So I try to do a lot not only with the scouts, but also the coaches being a major part of the process as well. So we, we did make that selection and we uh, talked about all that stuff that hopefully it wouldn't come. And you're never going to be 100 percent right. So but I would say after the OTAs, even though it's, you know, not full contact and all that stuff, but you, you got a pretty good sense athletically, but you got even a better sense on how quickly he's picking up the schemes. And that's the most important thing, because if you can't learn the schemes, you're not going to be able to get on the field, no matter how athletically gifted you are. Rick, there's no question. I'll say, I, so I played seven years. I would say for the most part, and there's one glaring exception for the most part with the rookies, you could tell like after the first week or so, like the kids that had a shot and the kid that like it just wasn't going to happen for them. Even my, that first mini camp I was telling you about, I guess, you know, coming from Princeton, Rick, I built the guys up so much in my head. Like I thought they'd be better. You know, I'm, I'm I was, I kept blocking this kid who was a second team, all say all ACC DN from Clemson. I think his name was Terry Bryant. And I kept thinking, man, like, When's he going to turn like the Clemson on? Like, when's he going to, you know? And I was like, I, I guess I had built him up so much in my head. I thought he'd like pick me up and throw me. I was like, okay, he's just a regular guy. But then you're right. There's <laughs> other guys that just mentally struggle. The one exception I will say in 03, I was in Dallas, Rick, and we took a tight end in the third round. And he was so bad at that first mini camp. I mean, didn't know what he was doing. Couldn't block anybody, 
I remember thinking, I can't believe they took this kid in the third round. I mean, what a bust. Rick, it was Jason Witten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not 100%. It's not 100%. No. But it is interesting. Like, recently the Giants picked up Andrew Thomas's fifth-year option. I'm always so jealous of the highly drafted guys because he was not good as a rookie. And there's other guys right. that aren't good, like, their first two years, and then they figure out third or fourth year – if you're like a low round pick or an undrafted guy, you don't get that chance. Like you better be good right away or you're done. Whereas the first round guys, they get like three years to figure it out. Yeah. But I would say uh, to counter that a little bit, some of these guys, first of all, they better be physically talented enough to even be there or else you made a mistake from a personnel side, uh, not identifying the athletic skill set it takes to play in this level. The other part is a couple of those guys in the later rounds and even some of the college free agents, if they're not ready mentally or technically, you know, because there's a big difference probably, and you learned that, playing in the Ivy League and all of a sudden you're up in the NFL and the difference, especially in your position, is technique. Because once you figure that out, but that's not done in one week or two weeks. But if you see signs of that this kid's going to improve because – we always judge where he's at here and then how high can he go from there. And a lot of times it clicks for different players at different times. And so you may say, well, now we have, we know this guy still has talent, nowhere near ready yet, but let's throw him on the practice squad and let's see if he continues to develop through the season. Because I can't tell you how many times a player we saw at rookie minicamp and then by week six or seven, if he's on a practice squad, it's a totally different player. Uh, and especially the examples you gave is that the speed of the game, it's not your physical ability. It's just learning the speed of the game. It's learning the technical part of the game because it's all technique once you get up to the NFL. And once you once you master that, and it's funny, and, and, and I, I would ask you this question, when you're trying to learn something new, whether it's your hand placement or your set, in pass pro or whatever it is, when you're struggling, you always go back to something you're the most comfortable with and probably what you did in college until it takes time for that to click in. And now, okay, I feel it's like my golf swing. I'm still horrible because I'm changing my grip and I'm changing my cock and my wrist and it's going left and right and everywhere. But I'm hoping that I'm a practice squad type golfer that eventually be able <laughs> to, to compete in my men's league in the summer. Um, Rick, uh, Two more quick ones. So when you uh, – like they didn't have tryout players when I was in the league. But now that's a really big thing where, you know, all these mini camps – like I see these kids. Some kids go to a tryout both weekends. Yep. Some kids, you know, just go to one. I see sometimes they have 40 tryout guys. They don't sign one of them. Like do these – maybe you answered it earlier with Thielen and those guys. But do those guys – those tryout guys actually have a chance – now, some of them are there for uh, space eaters, so you can line up 11 people up front so you can run uh, some kind of uh, a full offense, even if you're not going to compete against the defense, just so if you just drafted a quarterback or your main guys, so they can get used to that as well. But, you know, back in the day when I got signed as a free agent, they signed, there wasn't a roster limit, so there was 140 guys at camp every year. So Wow. But, with the uh, 90, you know, the 90 man roster limits now, 
And the other thing too, is that I would think some of them are just, you know, you stand in here and please do not fall on the ground and blow our running back first round running backs ACL out. So just, just stand there and go through the steps and, and get us through without hurting anyone else on our team, please. Uh, but there are guys, like I said, like the Thielen scenario and things like that, that, you know, you, you never know what you're going to find. And uh, we had a great uh, scouting department that identified a lot of these guys to bring them in. And, and we used to have a uh, contest. Guys that, you know, they got a $100 uh, gift certificate if they found uh, a Thielen-type guy. Uh, but if you brought in the worst guy, then uh, you got a T-shirt that you had to wear the week after in uh, <laughs> identifying how bad of a selection you made during that time. That is funny. Um, that's awesome. Hey, make sure you check out all the great work Rick is doing over at the 33rd team. Obviously, has a wealth of experience, and you can see the personality as well. Rick, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate you having me on today. So I'm borderline obsessed with the game time app at this point. Right now, I'm looking at what they've got in Philly. Celtics at Sixers, game six. There will be at least a game six. Right now, you can see it, get a seat for $163. Blue Jays at Phillies. This is nuts. On Wednesday, the Blue Jays play at the Phillies, $11. $11. Taylor Swift, a little bit pricier than that. Sunday, May 14th, $1,388. The point is, is you can look at any events near where you live last minute and make sure that you are getting the best price ever because they guarantee it. It's the game time guarantee. You always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110%. Of the difference. So do what I did long time ago. Download the game time app. Make sure you create an account and use code Ross so you get $20 off the already guaranteed lowest price with your first purchase. Terms apply. So again, create an account, redeem code Ross for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Tuck Stakes. All right, Ross, we'll start with the Giants signing Dexter Lawrence to a four-year, $90 million deal, $60 million of that fully guaranteed. Good for him, man. Good for him. I knew that they were working on several contracts this offseason. It's interesting. They sort of had a timeline for the Daniel Jones one, right? Because they hadn't picked up his fifth-year option, Daniel Jones was going to be a free agent, and they didn't want to have to franchise him. They wanted to be able to franchise Saquon Barkley. So – they had to get the Daniel Jones deal done. That fifth-year option really cost the Giants quite a bit. I don't know that they would have wanted to pay Daniel Jones this much money, but he had leverage and he knew it. They were going to go with another quarterback next year, and if they went with another, and if they had, if they couldn't get Daniel Jones to a long-term deal, they would have had to franchise him. Then they would have had to take the chance they didn't have Saquon this year. Meanwhile. They had Dexter Lawrence on the fifth-year option, but he's their most important defensive player. He's their best defensive player. At least he was last year. And you guys know how I feel. I think a stud defensive tackle like Lawrence is probably second most important player on a team after quarterback. So they got it done. Dexter Lawrence does a short enough deal, by the way, that 
if things go really well, he can get another one. I mean, he can get another one easily, but he's going to get $90 million over the next four years, at least $60 million over the next three. Good for him. I mean, you know how I feel. I absolutely love when guys get generational wealth like this because uh, it's changed the whole fate of their family's lives and they can do wonderful things with that money. A few signings across the league. The Browns signed safety Rodney McLeod. Bears signed tight end Stephen Carlson. Eagles bring another tight end Dan Arnold while the Colts let go of Nick Foles. I'm kind of interested in all these signings. So Rodney McLeod, I thought there was a chance at some point this offseason that maybe the Eagles would bring him back. But I guess they feel like that ship has sailed. He played for the Colts last year. Rodney, very smart, very physical. Stephen Carlson of the Bears, that's a Princeton guy. That's a Princeton wide receiver. At one point, Stephen Carlson and Jesper Horstead were Princeton's two wide receivers. Now they're both tight ends in the NFL. Dan Arnold has gotten a lot of playing time for a bunch of different teams, but never quite really put it all together. He's a former wide receiver uh, that moves well. And then Nick Foles, obviously. What a career for Nick Foles. I think he's made like $85 million. Good for him, man. Uh, he's 34. This could be it. But as I think he said, there's a lot of years where he thought it could be it. And then somebody signs him or trades for him or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I'll keep playing. You'll pay me more money to play football? Sure. The NFL announces the latest international pathway program players, including six guys from Nigeria. So cool. So cool. And I think I got to get him on the show. We got to write this down, Jack. I want to get OCU Minora on the show because I think OC has been critical in the growth of American football in Africa in general, Nigeria, obviously, in particular. They've started programs there to try to introduce some of these young men to the sport of American football. And it must be going well enough that they've got six guys that they feel comfortable putting on NFL practice squads. They don't put you on NFL practice squad unless you have some idea what you're doing. They don't want to get any of the star players hurt or the starters, right? Like you can't be somebody out there that doesn't know anything about football. So I love this. Whether it's OC or someone else that's familiar with the program, I really want to hear more about what's going on with the NFL in Africa. We are starting to get more and more players from some of these other countries, Germany and Mylotta from Australia, that are starting to make an impact in the NFL. Some real cool news out of Seattle. Tyler Lockett's real estate company is now the official realtor of the Seahawks. So fascinated by this. And I really want to maybe even talk with Andrew Brandt on Wednesday. Andrew might be Wednesdays. Guys, I don't have one lined up yet because, you know, the NFL has to make sure there's no salary cap circumvention going on here, right? Like they can't be like, hey, Tyler, we're not going to give you a contract extension, but we'll let you be the official realtor of the Seahawks for like half of what it would normally be. Can't have that. Cannot have stuff like that going on. So uh, I'm sure Andrew Brandt or at least some of the other teams are inquiring. I'm sure there's some way to identify fair market value. And then from there, make sure Tyler's paying that fair market value. It's interesting, though, because he still gets more value out of it because he's still on the team, right? It's like It's like a tie-in. 
Sixers fan Micah Parsons is reportedly bulking up for a full-time defensive end role. That is interesting. Now, I don't know. I don't know if they want to have him at the end all the time, so teams are running at him all the time. Um, and also, I thought there was some value in moving him around a little bit to different spots. But here's the thing. Even if you're at the end, they can still move you around. You know, they call that a spinner or a joker. You know, Jason Taylor, guys used to do that. Um, but I know this much. Anytime they dropped him into coverage last year, really the last couple of years, was a missed opportunity. Taylor Lewan is suing the Titans for ACL surgery miscue. Right. He, he, he did it twice. Once in 2020, once in 2022. I guess it's James Andrews. Dr. James Andrews, like the well-known guy. That's another one I need to ask Andrew Brand about because I was always under the impression that there was some protection for team doctors against malpractice lawsuits like this. So um, maybe I'll reach out to Taylor. Maybe we'll get Andrew Brandt on because otherwise there'd be a lot more lawsuits of team doctors. There's some protection that I believe that they had. Uh, Speaking of protection, by the way, I'm such a big fan of all of you that listen to all of our shows. We'll have the Even Money podcast tomorrow, which will be Steve Fezzik going over the impending schedule release on Thursday so you guys know how to bet the schedule release where to go what information what matters what doesn't so make sure you listen to even money tomorrow we're going to continue on fantasy feast talking running backs the rookie running backs and how highly they should be rated for best ball over at DraftKings I love those of you that spread the word via social media how about David Miller with the quote tweet for the college draft podcast Make sure you email me, David, ross at rosstucker.com. Let me know if you want to sign press pass or picture or card or whatever. Keith Ebenal, E-B-E-N-A-L, gave us a five-star review, which is awesome. And then the YouTube shout-out winner, which is just someone that subscribes to the YouTube and comments, Ethan Zellner. So, Ethan, you got to let me know who you want the shout-out for. Love those of you that go the extra mile to help us grow the show. Love the fact that we'll have college draft today, and we'll be back on Wednesday here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. But we're not totally done because I want to make sure, number one, all of you go to MyFrontPageStory.com. For the best Mother's Day gift ever. I know a lot of you still haven't gotten anybody a Mother's Day gift. The mothers in your life. Myfrontpagestory.com is where it's at. Other websites I'm a big fan of that get shout outs because they are listener owned businesses. Backofficescheduler.com. Evergreen Economics. Go-Bangles.com. Steakhousesports.com. HumanHeadNYC.com. Sportaculture and Pizza Boy Brewing. Check out the college draft today for sure. Obviously, even money on Tuesday. Fantasy Feast on Wednesday. We'll have another RTFP Wednesday. And then Greg Cosell, either Thursday or Friday. I think we're done here.